0: Kia ora everybody, namaskar and greetings, thank you so much for joining me, Joshna here. So I have a really, really special guest tonight, I'm going to be speaking with Govinda Lovage who is a, a very old friend of mine but also a very senior magi in our region and it's just wonderful to be able to share some of his experiences, some of his amazing wisdom so namaskar Govinda, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Namaskar Joshna, um, thank you for that, very much introduction. I don't
0: know if I did that. Um, <laughs> Definitely. You you are one of the most senior Margis that I know and I've always been someone that I've really held in deep love and respect. So it's um, a real honour to, to have you on my podcast. And I'd just like to start with asking you if you could share something about your background so people can get to know you a little bit.
1: I don't know how far you want to go back, but I was, I was, I've been in Liverpool by a by the average family, Um, uh, but I suppose my difference in early life was that I became a vegetarian when I was very young, Mm. Uh, and my boy was eight or ten or something like that. Well,
0: yeah.
1: And uh, in in those days it wasn't normal. I just couldn't um, (laughs) handle the idea of meat-eating. Um, having seen an animal in a butcher shop, one one part of it outside and the other part of it inside, <laughs> and then just made the connection. Oh, wow. we're eating that! <laughs> just <laughs> um, you know, I was being allowable of it. and was it a child I still am? So from that, uh, I felt the difference, mm. and I also had an experience when I was quite young. Sort of a lesson, or something like, of, of a, a kind of realization that uh, not just that I was different, but uh, but I could see that adults didn't automatically know things that they purported to know, mm-hmm. and didn't follow the, the kind of moral code. Uh, and it was just a sort of realization that was a bit of a shock. But anyway so i had a, a fairly average um education although it wasn't great it was i was it was a catholic um the secretary from the school of, i had education in didn't have any qualifications or specialities i didn't learn any languages um but uh i got through and i left school at 15 i became a clerk in a tyre company, and then um, my parents were always keen for me to have a real job or you know, a trade. <laughs> so engineering sounded a great thing, you know. I didn't know what it was, but it sounded good. <laughs> so I got a job as an uh, an apprentice engineer, and I served five years in that trade mm. uh, as a turner, fit a turner. Uh, which didn't really agree with me. Mm. Um, I think I was sensitive to it for But having done it, um, you know, I worked in engineering for a while. But in the weekends, to get away from this factory life, I used to go climbing, mm. uh, rock. Yeah. And it was kind of, uh, well, it was before the technology got into climbing. You you had um, you know pretty r- robust boots and um, a hemp rope at, at that time, and then Niall and Rups came in, and I had a a group of four, three or four colleagues. We always went either to Wales or to the Lake District in England, because we were halfway between those two places, and I really enjoyed climbing. If yeah. we both Challenging and exciting and healthy and you know yes yeah. um but unfortunately i had a, quite a severe accident i had a fall uh, when i was 19 mm-hmm. which um, meant that i wouldn't be able to climb uh again
2: mm. uh,
1: for many many years but i didn't climb again but um i i felt well. after after some time that it was a fortunate experience that mm-hmm. I suddenly realised what people experience when they're, they're disabled.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And though I was determined not to be disabled, I was told I wouldn't walk properly again. Uh, well, watch me. And That was my <laughs> attitude. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, finally, I was introduced when I was um, sent home. I was went to a a local cottage hospital in in the Lake District and then was sent home by train. And I think uh, something happened in that journey that uh, didn't help my recovery, but um, examining my injuries and the incomplete remedy to those injuries made a surgeon suggest that I would walk again. Anyway, I did. Uh, mm-hmm. And at the time, a doctor's wife who lived in the same road as us passed on a book on yoga to my mother. Oh. He might oh, be wow. interested. And I—I was—I don't think I ever met her. actually. But she she gave me a book on Patanjali. No.
0: Patanjali.
1: Patanjali. No, mm. it was—I think no. it was—I don't uh, no. Was it potentially or anyways? a half a yoga,
2: book.
0: yeah. She was thinking that it would help you, maybe,
1: yeah, mm. yeah. And I, I looked like a yogi because I, you know, in the summer I was just wearing a sort of long and um hopping around in full cat, full cast, um, full cast on my leg, legs. And, mm. Um, but became very thin
0: yeah
1: but eventually i recovered from that and realizing that i couldn't take uh, part in climbing again
0: yeah
1: i became interested in diving mm. I, I liked adventure sports and um i i dived i learned diving and i taught some people diving and one one of the brothers i i thought um was interested in in diving for wrecks and uh, he invited me to go on an expedition which was uh, to look for gold we <laughs> <All the, laughs> got the, the gold you know, on wrecks and we we he he bought a boat and I became because I was an engineer, became the engineer on this boat, and we went halfway across the Atlantic, the islands there in the Azores. Um, and that was kind of an interesting adventure, but the more interesting thing was my observation of the behavior of people who thought they might get gold, find yeah, gold. Yeah. This was before we found any wrecks at all. We found some <laughs> wrecks. it was just the potential i saw a change in their psychology and i thought wow this is amazing (laughs) you know they were quite crude they've been in the army or the navy or the sas or whatever and we were reported as pirates (laughs) coming
2: to (laughs) find
1: this gold well we didn't find the gold but i found it a very interesting experience and um during that period, I, I came across a newspaper which told of an Indian uh, guru who had an interesting theory of economics. Mm. And, to wedding, but I thought, no, oh, well, that's it. And I I, re- I was, you know, made aware of this man P. R. Sarkar mm-hmm. and his proud principles. Um, of economic change, and having been brought up by a a, a, a mother who was very um, keen on social welfare and injustice, and she told me about Gandhi and and was always uh, vocal about social issues. Yeah. It aroused my interest. But then it was some several years before I came across um, this Indian master whose name was both Shushun and the Marja Piyasaka, who had divided his his philosophy between social uh, economics and spiritual interest. And I thought that wow, that's quite interesting because I looked into. Religions, yeah, or just, uh, the children of God, and different organisations that were current at the time. And I'd also been in Liverpool in the generation which uh, went through that phase when rock and roll took hold. Uh, from a very young age, I'd gone to the Cavern Club, where you know famously the Beatles. Hung out and of mm-hmm. them and many other rock groups, and they converted a what was a essentially a jazz club into a very um, rock oriented uh, venue. And wow, I, it's, it's amazing. I, I met many people who were interested in music, and hmm. um, we used to do some rather amazing dancing in uh, that <laughs> venue. Um, One called The Stomp, which I don't think I could do now, but it was quite (laughs) energetic. Yeah. Anyway, through association with them, and many hours of listening to music, um, I had a very keen interest to experiment with some of the uh, mind-enhancing substances around at the time. Yeah, and uh, through the raves we used to go on, and and uh, the use of some of these substances, I came to some realizations that I could see the wind, and I could um, I could feel the vibrations from animals and plants. At one point, I, I think I remember seeing. Standing next to a stream, seeing things grow, mm-hmm. seeing the actual movement of growth, I thought this is phenomenal. <laughs> well, <laughs> at some point, I felt this must be a you know something you can achieve through other means. Uh, so I became interested, reinterested in in yoga, because I you know come across the idea that yoga. Can alter states of mind. Yeah. So eventually, a, a monk came to visit Liverpool, who one of my uh, friends told me about. Just at the time I was trying to experiment with meditation myself, yeah. because I'd be, become a bit tired of the uh, continuous circle of of smoking these mind altering.
2: Things <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so, although I didn't go along to the lecture he was um, giving, um, I went along the next day to a friend's and was told he was initiating people. And so I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I'll go along and see this person. Um, and there was a at the time there was. Another person who came to this friend's house, although the friend wasn't there, and he was going to go to visit Hare Krishna. I said, "Well, why don't you come with me? And we'll go and see this other monk. You know, and mm-hmm. see what he's about." So we both went, and you know, neither of us had experienced um, anything to do with uh, this this monk. Is is practice before but it was when I walked into the room in this flat uh, across the road from my friend's house I realized that this man had such a vibration Mm. so as you walked in the room yeah you could feel the change Mm. in atmosphere and he was doing meditation and it was just eminent something was emanating from this man. Uh, I thought, I don't know what that is, but I wanted <laughs> <laughs> uh, this. This is not a question of you know someone trying to convince me of something. This is someone yeah. who's got something that yeah. I think could really be good to have.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And when he talked in in uh, after a period of meditation, in which he chanted this. And then I came along for quite a while and I told us to sit down and try to meditate and, and spoke um, the words of his guru, although I did not at the time. I thought, oh, this is something I know. This is not, he's not trying to tell me anything I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's like resonating with my, my being. Mm. So from then, I was convinced, you know, I I felt very happy to go along with some of the bizarre things that we did at the time. One was uh, funny walking, walking down the street with consciousness in different ways.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But
1: what, 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 um, Affected me quite deeply was this idea that um, the Guru Shushan Anumodi was keen to do social service. It was part of the spiritual practice to help people. Mm, yeah. It was completely new to me.
2: Yeah.
1: The idea that part of spiritual practice is service, what is called seva in Sanskrit. So I was very keen on that idea. Um, and along with um, The wife of um, the person whose flat it was, where we met, this Acharya, Acharya Karunananda, who's was a very dynamic person. Um, We formed um, the initial Food for All, which was Mm the endeavor to bring whole foods, and particularly sentient foods, The idea of sentient foods being that there are characteristics in food mm. which dull the mind
2: mm.
1: make it vibrate in a different way or make it feasible for you to progress in meditation mm. this was the epic diet um so strangely we we found a, a little um it wasn't a shop. It was part of a a, a, a bazaar called Antoine's Bazaar. Uh, it's like a small section of a warehouse where we could sell these foods. We had um, a storage up up many flights up uh, the stairs of a, an old bonded warehouse, which was in the same street as the cavern. It's no longer there.
0: Oh, yeah! Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: to be a bit of synchronicity. Oh, wow. And several of several of the friends became initiated, um, but they didn't get really involved in in the social service, but you know, came along to Food for All and some of them became vegetarian, some of them were vegetarian. And so I suppose that was my introduction introduction to a path that was trying to change people's attitude and consciousness about food and Mm -hmm. its effects Mm. um i of course at the suggestion of my acharya gave up uh, smoking Mm. uh, both dope and cigarettes Mm. and you know that was quite a change and giving alcohol and and sort of dividing away from the group i was familiar and friends with uh from then on we i i was living in a, a house which then came up for sale and current and, and his brother kumal kumar approached the uh the owner an architect and we we bought this um house which was it had two flats in it and then it had um, a huge, huge room which i had as a flat which is became the Damachak room and it was belonging to the the author of The Cruel Sea. What was his name now? Anyway, I forgot put down his name. But it was a beautiful house. Yeah. Um and it soon converted as people uh, who occupied the fat including some of my friends who were architects left um, because they qualified and moved away. It became a charity, a mm. place mm. where we could practice meditation and develop social services, and that was a very successful phase in in Anandamaga's journey in Liverpool. We went on to acquire the use of a, a whole block, which had been a kind of what would have been known as a bordello, um, a, a place of entertainment, which had a theatre and, uh, I guess, a nightclub, but more on a, um, a kind of South America theme, I think. But anyway, we changed that to a whole food shop, a bakery.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: Pretty impressed, and uh, because hamburg Kumar was interested in theatre. We wanted to um, open the theatre, which is on the first floor. It became a bylaw that you had to have steel frame Mm -hmm. in, it was on above the first floor for entertainment. And so we went about, you know, altering this building and uh, putting a steel frame, a box steel frame, um, for the first, on the first floor for the theatre. Then, uh, Indra Gandhi announced an emergency, mm-hmm. which all the organizations associate with Anandamaran in India. As a consequence, um, Shushanandamati was imprisoned on you know, con- constructed charges, violent charges of murder. And so we, we knew that he was innocent of this. and. Formed protest um, organizations and campaigned to have him released, and he'd been fasting for.
2: That's right. Yes. Yes.
1: So some people did some crazy stuff, and as a result, the Liverpool County Council was was funding this reconstruction of the theatre in our in our um, downtown
0: yeah.
1: project uh were through the money mm-hmm. when we had the food buff yeah. um, yeah. and half a half a half built theatre. Um so we we lost a lot of energy, a lot of reputation and a lot of um, sympathy from people who thought we were a progressive organization and then it seemed as if we were a terrorist organization, yeah, which was, you know, quite bizarre. We mm. were anything but that. So after some time with my new wife, who was uh, now an LFT, we decided, or was suggested, we we go to a different city and start up food for all
2: there.
1: Yeah, we went to Birmingham. And subsequently, we went to London. We opened a, helped open a, a restaurant and a whole food shop in Birmingham with some other margies, and then went down to London and stayed in a, in a, a squat at the time, but there were margies in living in other squats. We wanted to form a base, and there mm. was, fortunately, an a, a interesting character who was a solicitor called Janica
0: mm, That's
1: right. John Knight
0: yes.
1: and he just inherited some money from parents who died and so he donated that money and we went across and bought three houses from a Jewish state agent who had to be around when we arrived in Stoke Newington at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> and uh, he was visiting his his office uh, and he showed us these three houses and we subsequently bought them or Janica bought them and we set up um, women's welfare department in one
2: yes that's we
1: occupied the flat and then we started a whole food shop in what was a Jewish um, butcher's
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh wow
1: (laughs) so Similarly, a Jewish butchers. Anyway, that was quite a revolutionary thing because whole foods were at the time very fringe.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: There was one uh, shop called Cranks in London, and Cranks had a bakery, but the, the 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 name sort of typified the. The attitude that was, I <laughs> you know, the, well, they want to see cranks, of, not cranks. Of, you know, it, it was it was kind of an interesting journey, learning how to become a retail, a wholesale, and retail.
0: Would you have ever imagined that's what you'd be doing, Govinda? After see? you know, would you ha- ever have imagined that's what you'd be doing?
1: No, no, not, not um, I mean, yes I mean, mm. it was not, <laughs> not my idea of uh, how to earn a living or, or but it was just like mother said do things
2: mm-hmm. you know, do yeah.
1: something do something yeah, yeah. And it seems seem like it uh, the most um progressive thing that one could do is, is to convince people that you no know, how you eat what you eat affects your mind
0: and it's interesting that you became a vegetarian so young. So it was almost like your path was there already laid out before you, even though you may not have thought about it even.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, the coincidence of the butchers as well. <laughs> yeah. converting, uh, yeah, butchers right. to, when I was at sea, I mean, I went to sea as an engineer after my engineering apprenticeship. And at that time, there wasn't a vegetarian option.
0: No. I can got.
1: sea going uh, (laughs) and I was on a ship which was the second largest refrigeration ship carrying chilled beef from Argentina to London. You can imagine. Um, The experience I had was mooring outside the Armistar factory or slaughterhouse in South America Mm. off the river 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 plate. Um and the smell mm. emitting from that place where thousands of cattle were slaughtered today was unbelievable. Mm. It was just well is this this is how it's produced. This is this is the industry that produces meat. That produced I realised corn beef and oxo cubes and later on mcdonald's yeah where tiny parts of animals are put into a mashed up patty and sold as you know food <laughs> it was just <laughs> mind-blowing that
0: such a horrible of, thought
1: it you know being in an engine room having degree heat and this smell pumped down into your your work environment. Anyway I soon became vegetarian after because I could feel the effects on my body of reverting or or becoming a a, a carnival. So when I came back I I was actually discharged from that uh, profession going to sea because of I think it was a combination of anxiety and the diet, which produced uh, the effect of an
2: ulcer,
1: and pain. So anyway, I got the name, and
0: uh, yeah, you can imagine.
1: And uh, eventually became the uh, the owner of a whole future, which. <laughs> I always spoke. We we were holding a trust for Anandamag. And we made many friends in the community, including, you know, local Jewish lady who used to come and recite poetry in
2: the shop. (laughs) Uh,
1: And we've known our family for many years. They became local politicians. And one of the solicitors... Um, defended me in a case um which probably won't go into now but, uh, it was a very interesting life full of clash equation and, <laughs> <Landmark. laughs> and always different magis and acharyas coming through um those that those times they always used to bring Indian sweets yeah which which eventually we gave up because they're so sugary. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> they sweet.
0: are. So delicious, oh,
1: though. Delicious.
0: <laughs>
1: Not very healthy. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the digression from our healthy food ideas to this uh, sugar-laden, sweet-eating, I suppose it was, it was related to Someone said that sweets and the longing for sweets was a sort of reflection of devotion, uh, or the, the need for the sweetness of devotion. um hmm. But then we got plenty of sweets at that time.
0: I remember that too, yeah.
1: And at at the time, they, you could own the, the only, it was interesting, the only yogurt that was on the market was a small um, 500 milligram. Millilitre pot, which a man used to bring down from Lancashire to yeah. supply yeah. our shop and other shops in London. He became tired of driving all the way, and I foolishly <laughs> not volunteered to to come up and meet him and take his, you know, his deliveries over. I don't think it was either funded, otherwise. I mean. Anyway, I had an arrangement where I'd meet him halfway through, halfway up the, the M1 and I'd bring them down and deliver them. So I got to know London very well. Yes. The,
0: yeah.
1: Yoggets, these little yoggets, to Harrods and Suffrages and the Cranks and all the other weird and wonderful whole food shops that were around London. <laughs> and then hmm. we started whole foods to Norway, where there was another shop called uh, Solule, and another shop in Iceland uh, called Farale which is Icelandic food for all. So it's kind of, it was like a kind of movement. But interestingly, Hare Krishna later started a movement of feeding people called food mm-hmm. for all. hmm it Spread to America and they adopted the name, unbeknownst uh, to us in a way. And I don't know which came first, mm. but I, I don't think it was coincidence. I think it was probably born out of their admiration for our name and their admiration for their They abuse to bring around samosas, which were scented because they shared, yeah, yeah same, our diet
0: same diet.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And we often, when we wanted to go to a restaurant, we go to the Hare Krishna restaurant. So yeah, London grew mainly as a result of the the women's welfare department starting a nursery. Mm. Eventually we purchased a a another building which became a primary school. Peter became the primary school head and that went on for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. So, yeah, exactly.
1: We had various deities and dadas passing through, all of whom became dear friends. And, um, some took diversions, paths, and did other things, or went to other postings and started the pr- other projects, but they spread throughout the world with that ideology of helping people change their consciousness, improve their life, realize the interrelationship between one another and the world and animals and the whole cosmological order which we try to teach children in, in appropriate ways. Yeah. In the in the process we We had and brought up six children.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No mean feat, that.
1: (laughs) Which was kind of fun. And uh, they've all grown up and now have their own children. We have now four grandchildren and two on the
0: way. Wow. Another two on the way. Wow. Yeah.
1: It's
0: all going now.
1: (laughs) The adventure goes on. Uh, uh, although we are, I'm still director, um, and it's still the company secretary for Food for All, we we handed it over to Amot, which is, as some people may, may not know, is an Andamaga University. So I, I became interested in, in that as a, a side shoot of the whole foods. Uh, retail, because I could see that where where people became distressed and uh, economically um, challenged, what to say the least, became homeless. Yeah, there wasn't much choice of 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 choosing healthy foods or having you know a, a permanent security in their diet at all. So we started. We started taking down soup in a mm. you know big pan. I think it was about 1979. Janica came with us and various the people, Bactaviria, uh, Nantita, Tamavira, okay, all, all kinds of people came and went in, in the process of starting that soup run as we got yeah. After a while, there were more people serving down-and-outs than there were down and outs. so we, we sort of <laughs> gave it because it just seemed uh, taking more energy than we could put into other projects. Uh, but later on, when the, um, the Occupy movement took off um, residency in the courtyard of uh, St Paul's Cathedral in London, and became an accountant. And one Acharya, uh, Tadir Rabbi Shaikhananda, was very keen because he thought this was an opportunity to uh, connect with young people who were you know radical in their views yeah. and introduce them to the spirituality or the idea of proud mm. as relative to the social order.
2: Yeah.
1: The protest being that um you know. Ninety-nine percent of the people were suffering economically, while one percent is increasing their wealth exponentially. Yeah. Without any care for the results of that imbalance in society. Soup to the Occupy movement, which which was quite a uh, an assembly of, of bizarre people because of our interest in influencing people uh, to a better way We thought that we should contribute to this. I uh, think that movement sort of petered out because of the the harsh environment and, and pressure from the government to disband. Yeah. So we carried on feeding people in places that we
2: mm. we'd
1: known of mm. from years back. Um, I think at one point we were feeding between 150 and 200 people um on a regular basis which continues to this day and we we now have um, a team of volunteers who take food and prepare food um go collect food um chop it and cook it and uh, package it in a covert friendly um safe way um and a very interesting group of dedicated volunteers who love the work that they do and benefit from that savor that service mindedness and have formed you know a very good cadre of people who come together once a week or twice a week actually now we're starting a Friday um, uh, group to feed the local people in Islington and we've been feeding a youth group called um, Bada, Bada Sports which is, is trying to help young people um, stay out of the way of you know contravening the law or getting yeah. into knife crime or gangs mm. or um, mm. drug lines and stuff yeah by by introducing them to sport so re- recently I joined with other people who are either in and land Margaret or interested in the civilizers around the world who want to change and point out the difference between the increasingly authoritarian ways of running countries and communities and Work against the capitalist dominance of economics. You know, the high powers of, of finance manipulate uh, the markets and monetary systems in their favor, increasingly in, in uh, the interests of the wealthy, of which they join forces to create havoc among society. When, when you've done spiritual practice for several years, you pick up the um, ability to intuit and see through the crudities of both the intellectual arguments presented and justifications for this inequality and and it really hurts the way people have been brought to their knees economically. Yeah. There used to be a thriving industry or, you know, a multiplicity of industries in the northeast and the northwest. And when I was in Liverpool, it was a thriving place that you could, you know, result of the Industrial Revolution, um, seven miles of... um, of docking, dockyards that sent ships all over the world. I mean, not of all of it was, as we know, um, particularly beneficial to the countries that we visited with all these ships, because we were not mostly depriving them of their um, natural resources to fund the English and the British Empire. Yeah. Um, but the catastrophic decline in industry mm, sure. in, in this country has made virtual paupers of mm. vast regions. Yes. Uh, Liverpool amongst them, Manchester, seems to have revived itself, and Liverpool to some extent. But the northeast was particularly hot. And he was pointing out at one time, after the shipyards closed, no one could get jobs. And there were like three generations of people who'd been on the dole. So what was the point of education? You weren't going to get a job. Mm. And I mean, thankfully, things have improved. I think partly results of socialist governments and and attitudes and politics. But there is still an underlying... um, Birth of ideas of how we can create a benevolent society. So recently, I, I joined a an organisation we created called Conscious Earth Alliance. Mm.
0: Conscious Earth Alliance. Yeah. yeah.
1: Conscious Earth Alliance. Um, the idea being that until we change our consciousness individually. We can't really change society because it requires the insight of people who are beyond the idea that the purpose of life is to enrich oneself materially and get all the creature comforts that society, modern society, Western society, developed societies can provide you and be bedazzled by the entertainment practice of life that are peddled as the raison d'etre for you know, healthy society, when most of it is uh, uh, what we would call a pseudo culture. It's a culture that is bereft of um, real culture culture that emanates from traditions and cultures long yeah. established yeah. which some of whom have been decimated by um globalism mm. yeah. and trans trans international trade um the decimation of their natural resources the missionaries who went over to convert them to Catholicism or Christianity, um, the despots who uh, created authority and regimes in the name of religion, uh, established dynasties of you know, generations of families who, who exploited the, their citizens, all these things become apparent, uh, not just politically, but also on a humanistic level, that we need a new philosophy, and those philosophies, which have attempted to change communism, um, socialist politics, have have really founded floundered in in many ways as a result of a sort of entrenched class system which dominates by the establishment of aristocracies and um, families which have enriched themselves on the back of slavery and um, the enslavement and exploitation of people. So conscious health Alliance is trying to bring together ethical people who have realized that there is need for change and have not only opinions but have channeled the intellect into creating interesting, Inroads into all kinds of different fields: of science, of medicine, of um, spirituality, of uh, economics, self-development, and are prepared to share these things with other people on the, you know, the growing platform of of world, world web, Word world wide web. It's a very new phenomenon but we we call it conscious that Alliance both to emphasize the philosophical view of proud the, the philosophy was explained um, by Shu and in very precise way as a synthesis of yoga philosophies and uh, tantra. Which is a, uh, an ages old um, practice of striving to overcome one's limitations and innate entities. It's very, I think, to explain to people that it is possible to change your life. This is necessary to have a change of consciousness to appreciate that not everything is controlled by those. Um, people who have influence and money and connections and hierarchies um, that presently exist, and that there is a social cycle, a change comes about when the exploitation of particular mindsets comes to its peak. Uh, I think an atmosphere has changed. Not just through COVID, but because of the, the sort of way in which people have suffered economic change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That has brought communities together. Not always, but in many cases, uh, food banks have become almost the norm. Yeah. Uh, people have done incredibly uh, bold steps in order to help others and and you know become service minded.
0: Gavinda, would you like to share um something of would you like to share one spiritual experience of yours? Perhaps
1: I always find it difficult to express in words my relationship with Gyasaka or an because he seems to me so familiar in the same way that you know my acharya when I came within his vibration um, and I still feel that that was an extremely important change in my life um, coming across Karuna and, and his vibration. but and what he always felt to me a very close friend mm. as well as you know, my mentor as my father you know, or my replacement father and um, I had some interesting experiences with him that's what was highlights were when I was asked to uh, join him in, in a field walk mm-hmm. by accident almost, although we say that there's no such thing as an accident, <laughs> it's all mm-hmm. a cosmic incident. Um, he uh, was going on field walk one day in, in uh, Holland, and I fortunately was there, when he was asking about another Govinda, another man called Winder in Holland, from Amsterdam, I believe, I never met him. But unfortunately for him, he wasn't there when Baba was asking for him, and and so I happened to be on hand and being sort of almost thrown into the car, mm-hmm. and that experience of being in the same vehicle and close at hand with Baba was a very life-changing experience because on the field walk later in the day firstly he, he made an interesting joke to make me feel at home explaining that that governor didn't explain he didn't know what was cow pants. And so Baba explained that it. it was a it was a a round thing.
2: <laughs>
1: couldn't eat. But <laughs> well, you couldn't eat it. It was like a football, but you couldn't kick it. <laughs> it was brown, but it wasn't like
2: chocolate.
1: <laughs> so it made me feel very easy, you know, very at home Yeah, with his presence, his company. And uh, we we enjoyed his his darshan and his presence in fias for many years that was supposed to be a highlight of my spiritual life um apart from actually being taught a form of meditation by him that's right and always wondering why he 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 instructed particular people in a particular form of meditation which he called micro and I felt it was like almost inexplicable why I was chosen. But on the way back from India on the flight, uh, this was pondering, I was pondering this in my mind. Uh, why, why, why that? Why this? What, what, what's the meaning of this? And at the portal, of the air, aircraft, there was this scene of the moon like a crescent Sliller, almost the same as the Turkish flag with a star above it. And uh, the full spectrum of the rain, because it must have been going dusk. So the sun was going down and the colors were changing. And somehow this scene stuck in my mind as the answer that it was like the desire of the cosmic mind to change things and to plant people around the world that were conscious and could produce the vibration or take part in the change of vibration. I suppose that was one of the highlights of my spiritual life. But practicing that in some of the collective retreats that we have particularly in Sweden when yeah. there were you know masses of people doing kirtan and doing meditation within that environment when a when a kirtan is coming to a a kind of spiritual crescendo and it it impacts on your your inner self and the vibration your trying to identify with which was reaching the mind of the the supreme and seeing a glimpse of that vibration or experience a glimpse of that vibration reflected in the kirtan. And somehow enhancing the kirtan, the kirtan enhancing your spiritual flow is just Mm. like Mm. Being launched into outer space
0: somehow.
1: <laughs> 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 the only way I can uh, kind wow, of explain yeah. it.
0: It's, it's amazing, yeah.
1: And the power of kit and to change your your flow and your your vibration, is so tremendous. Mm. Um, I suppose I'm, I'm a sort of connoisseur of. <laughs> Subtle kirtan, because there is a kitam which doesn't resonate with me when the drums are getting overpowering
2: mm-hmm. and
1: yeah. no voice is dominating and the, the 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 crescendo is 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 loud the the beating of the drums sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't
0: yeah sometimes. yeah. Yeah.
1: And then there's a we all know when someone takes off on a care that they just created and they don't know where is it going. <laughs> and we don't know where it's going. <laughs> it just becomes a bit of a shambles. <laughs> so there's those clashes, which are good. And and then there's sometimes the spiritual themes which which you have taken, you know. Many years to effect that reach wonderful peaks of subtlety and um, tune, of rhythm, of flow, of dynamics, of collective mind, and all the things which make up the environment, the special environment whereby you can lift your mind out of this mundane world into a bowl of god bliss
0: (laughs) (laughs) we do you put it so beautifully it's
1: like the food of the gods uh, amrita Mm. the mind well that's been my experience of the spiritual journey (laughs) And I
0: will
1: juice he
0: uh, <laughs> to hear that you know I feel like you're like the, the godfather of uh an in uh, in <laughs> England <laughs> and it's good to share those stories because it's good to know the history of the of an yeah. yeah, you know in a yeah. region it's very important and it's very inspiring to know it to be proud of it to to acknowledge yeah.
1: it. It it, it wouldn't be possible without Baba in the first place. But all um, his acolytes, all his acharyas, his abatutas, his (laughs) dikshabharatas—all those people who've come and gone
2: Mm.
1: through London, particularly uh, where we've been stuck (laughs) most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, all the clashes and Yeah, it's been a wonderful journey. A bit
3: interesting. Baba Namkeen, Father, none came. Father, I've been looking Gaganam ke vala re นึงเคย <laughs> Baba na kehana, baba Father, father, I'm <speaking in the language> <speaking in the language>